Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Joining us on the line right now is one of my Nesson colleagues, one of our uh, hockey analysts on Boston Bruins coverage, former Bruins goaltender Andrew Raycroft. Hey, Andrew. Morning, guys. How, How are you doing? doing? Excellent, thanks. Beautiful Friday here in Boston. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start with a simple question. Do you think the St. Louis Blues were running Tuka Rask in Game 2? Uh, simplest answer, yes, in the, the modern-day version. Uh you know, when I hear running goalie, I think of the 90s and the early 2000s when you, you ran a goalie to, to start a bench-clearing brawl, right? You remember those days, Dale, when, uh, you know, you'd send a guy out and he'd just run the goalie over without the puck in play. But um, the modern-day version is, is is alive and well. In the fact, and the best way for me to measure it, what I look for, is whether the whether the player skates are pointing at the goaltender or they're parallel to the, to the net. Is he trying to cut across? the front of the net and make a play with the hockey with the puck or is he driving right to the net and not stopping you know his feet not pulling up and stopping and uh the second period shorts is penalty he, he had no intention of stopping you know he was hoping that maybe the puck could hit him or maybe someone would bump into him he'd be able to get a little more leverage on Tuka. but but there's no question he was his intent was to go through the net what kind of effect can that have on a goalie at this point, not much. You know, it can be. It, it, if anything, it gets frustrating, a little annoying. Um, but and and more so, more like Coach Cassidy talked about, like make them pay on those kind of plays. As a goaltender, you're down at the other end. You just want these guys. All right, make these guys pay for being stupid. Um, and, and when that doesn't happen, it can be a little annoying, a little frustrating. But it's not like anyone's going to get in Tuka's head, or he's going to he's going to pull up at this point. He knows he has to stand in there. And, um, if he takes a you know a couple bumps, he's, he's willing to do that for the Stanley Cup. You mentioned old time hockey, and in the days when you were playing, if you got ran, there was a pretty good chance the goaltender at the other end was going to get nudged at some point. Should the Bruins be putting more of that into play? Uh, I don't think they can go out of their way to do it. You know, I just think the game's too fast now. I think there's too many. You know, there's too much going on, but. Well, without question, we've seen over the playoffs already, Bennington's, you know, had an issue with, you know, in Dallas with Bishop. And, you know, he's a guy who he is feisty and he can, um, you, you know, you might be able to rattle him a little bit and, and not rattle him to the point where he's, you know, off his game and he's going to give up terrible goals, but just to the point where, you know, you, you just get him fired up and get him, get his emotions going a little bit more than, than normal and, and see what happens. But, um, for the Bruins, I, I, they can't put that at the top of the chalkboard. Um, come Saturday night, I think they just have to keep playing the game, but they have to get to the net. They have to get pressure on Bennington. He was, he was good the other night. After the really long layoff, how do you think Tuca has looked? Two games, both pretty different. You know, only 20 shots faced in game one, 37 in game two. But after coming off of just two incredible rounds, how do you think he's looked so far? I think you. He, I think he's looked good. You know, he's done what he needed to. It's a different matchup. It's a different matchup from Carolina. It's a different matchup from Columbus as well, offensively and for Tuke. I mean, specifically, and the fact that Carolina and Columbus were teams that put a lot of pucks on that. Um, you know, a lot of point shots, a lot of wristers from the outside. So 
you're able to get into the game. I think game one was a good example. of St. Louis isn't that kind of team. You know, they have a lot of pressure in front of the net. They have a lot of guys going, but they cycle the puck more. They don't necessarily just throw it at the net. They like to keep that possession in the offensive zone a little bit more. And um, Again, I think the, the goal in overtime is a good example of that. Tuca was exhausted by the time that point shot came through with traffic on top of it. And, and he didn't get any shots but he had to work extra hard. Whereas maybe in the Carolina series, he might've got four or five shots in the same amount of time, which makes you as a goaltender, not feel like you're working as hard. So it's a different matchup. And I think Tuca's done a good job in the first two games, you know, adapting to that. We're talking with former Bruins goaltender, Andrew Raycroft, one of my uh, Nesson colleagues. When you went into this series, what were the areas, if any, where you thought the blues had an advantage over the Bruins? My thinking was that big defenseman, you know, I don't, I didn't think, and not necessarily a market advantage, but just the, the advantage that the Bruins hadn't played six big, strong, solid defensemen yet. Um, you know, a group that could roll out against any, any three of those parents can roll out against the Bruno line or the Krejci line or the Coil line and, and do a good job on them. So I think that was one of the advantages. I think we saw that a little bit in the first two games and the fact that, you know, there's no really good matchup where Patrice or Krejci are licking their chops and saying, oh, you know, we're going to have to puck this whole shift. Um, and they've had that, you know, in other series so far. So I think that's, that's the one thing that, um, may, you know, makes St. Louis a tough out because they can roll. They have the depth on that back end. What do you think of Jordan Bennington and how does he compare to some of the other goalies the Bruins have faced so far this postseason? Uh, you know, he's, he's good. I don't think he's in the, the same class as Bobrovsky, but obviously his, you know, his team is in front of him is a little more solid, especially in the defensive zone. But Binnington's, you know, th- these guys have rallied around him. And, and more than, you know, so a lot of it's the character of the off-ice stuff rather than what he's doing on the ice. I think these guys just really believe in him. You know, he's come in and he's been a, you know, he's a five-year pro rookie. So he's been around the organization. Guys respect the fact that he's grinded as hard as he has to get to this point. And, and they love his confidence. And, and there's no reason not to at this point. So, you know, I think he just does a good job playing behind the team, doesn't give up any free ones. And, and he's shown that in the last two games. It's clear that the Bruins' top line has not performed like the top line so far in this series. They're a combined minus seven in the two games. Uh, yeah, other than the empty net goal by Brad Marchand, have not put the puck in the back of the net. What are you seeing that's causing them to be ineffective right now? I think it's it's similar to the, the Columbus series, the first couple of games. I think they're just doing a little bit too much with the puck. Um, you know, I know everyone's talking. I've heard you guys talking about the two-on-one Marchand had in the second. You know, a lot of times he puts that on net. Um, there was a play in the first period where, where Brad got the puck on the wall and he, he made three guys miss and then he tried to make the fourth guy miss where usually he made two guys miss and then he makes a, a pass to Pasternak and they get into the zone. So you know, I think they're going to simplify a little bit. I think you know they understand the pressure that's on them to, to, to score, but they've gone through this and I think if any line um, can have the benefit of the doubt, it's these guys at this point. Would you make any lineup changes for tomorrow? Obviously, they're going to have to replace Grizzlick probably with more, but Dale was suggesting that maybe Backus sits for Game 3. I think they should leave it, at least for Game 3, see what happens. Would you do anything? It's a good question. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of it. You know, it, it might – no, I think, the, I think the, they could keep it the same this game, you know, just because it's 1-1. 
Um, and they're going to have to make an adjustment on the back end. So if you make another adjustment up front, that's two or three guys coming in the lineup that haven't been there. Um, but it's certainly – that's the beauty of the Bruins. They have options, and we've seen them use a bunch of guys and have those guys come in and play big roles. So, you know, certainly the coaching staff has that in the back pocket. I think they stick with back is just for the physicality of the series so far. I assume you had no issues with the uh, suspension for Sunquist. I didn't. You know, I thought thought they got it right. I think I would assume the league would have rather had it been a five in a game and not had to suspend them. Um, but I think but officials are afraid to give a five minute power play. They are, and, and, and you know, in their defense, you know, rightly so. After what's happened so far, I think those guys are gun shy and and they want to make you know, it, it's a tough spot for those guys, especially after the last couple months. I think they're trying to do their best, but. Um, but yeah, I think the suspension's right because of the fact that he, you know, he has to sit a game for what he did, whether it was last game or this game. Do you expect them to come out now? I know they had two periods to do it, but Mac Rizzo goes down, brutal, probably done for the playoffs. They haven't announced that yet, but he's he's obviously not going to play tomorrow night. Do you see the Bruins maybe even going out of their way to try to send a message and, and you know a little retaliation for Grizzly? I don't see it in the fact, you know, I think they want to make them pay on the scoreboard. They, you know, the guys have talked about it. Cassidy's talked about it. I think that's, that's how they want to make them pay at this time of year. Um, certainly, you know, Char is not going to uh, turn down a lick or, or Bacchus or one of these guys if they get a chance. But, but again, we saw when you go looking for that and, and you know, we Charlie McAvoy getting suspended in, in Columbus and, you know, he went that extra mile to go get a lick on a guy that he was kind of sick of after five or six games, and it can cost you, um, especially the way they're calling these hits, and they're they're not afraid to suspend guys. You don't want to go out of your way to get a guy and then, you know, have it cost you game four. So I think that's in the back of all their heads, but but without question, they're going to be physical, and, and on their, especially on their better players and on their back end. I think it's safe to say that the Bruins have the talent advantage in this final series against St. Louis. Craig Berube played a certain way as a player. I think he's coached his team to play a certain way. The San Jose Sharks think that the Blues were going out of their way to try to take players out. We've seen in the first two games of this series, the Blues, Patrick Maroon, Blay, other guys, uh, Perron, going out of their way to take shots. I think Berube's just decided it's the only way he can win this series. I agree. And, and, and the reality is, it, it, it is, right? They can't get into a track meet with, with the Bruins. And, you know, they have to play a hard four-checking game and they have to wear down the defenseman, um, you know, across the board. And, and it is the only way. They cannot get into a skating, a skating match with these guys. And, again, I think if, it, if the Bruins were able to click on their power play the first two games, I think it's a blowout, you know, both games. So I, I, I looked at that. I thought that was going to be a big advantage. The, the St. Louis Blues didn't have a fantastic PK, and I thought the Bruins were going to take advantage of the faceoff dot a little bit more, and we didn't see that in Game 2. Uh, that doesn't mean it can't happen in Game 3 and 4. Final question before we let you go, and, and there have been reports. Elliot Friedman told the radio station in St. Louis he thinks Bergeron is battling a groin injury. Christian Fourier on this station yesterday said he hears Marchand's battling a hand injury. Do you see any evidence of those things? You know, you can you can go to that and say there's something. And my buddy, I I got four texts this morning from some of my buddies. Hey, what's the scoop on Bergeron? And you know, again, he's he's played through a lot in his career. There's got to be, you know, there's probably something. There's probably something to all of this. But at the end of the day, he's rolling out there. So 
if he's rolling out there, we've seen him uh, play with injuries before at a high, high level and win face-offs at a, at a high level with an injury. So, you know, I, I don't think Patrice would use it as an excuse, but at this time of year, there's, there's guys with it. And every game they go without scoring a point, that's, what's, that's what we're going to go to. But if they get three goals tomorrow night, is we won't be talking about a growing injury or a hand injury. To me, personally, it doesn't look like Marshawn has any hand in injury issues. Um, Patrice playing low minutes makes me think he might have something, but again, I, 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 it would be a complete guess. Andrew, we always appreciate the time, pal. We'll talk to you again. Awesome, guys. Thanks. Have a great weekend. See Thank ya. you. Uh, Andrew Raycroft, former Bruins goaltender, my uh, Nesson colleague.